Stand Up for the Truth is sponsored by Lakeshore Communications Incorporated and made possible by your generous tax-deductible donations at StandUpForTheTruth.com slash donate. This is Stand Up for the Truth, a packed hour of challenging discussion addressing important issues and topics affecting Christians across the nation. Join the conversation via email at comments at StandUpForTheTruth.com. Now, David Fiorazzo. Hello, brothers and sisters in Christ. Thank you for tuning in. We are ready, both barrels loaded, to talk about the government-run education system in America. And you're going to hear from their own words the NEA agenda, the teachers' unions, and what they are pushing. And you will also hear proof that they are absolutely the opposite of biblical values and the biblical worldview. Um, but we know where truth lies. We know who we trust and believe, and we've just got to continue to shine our light and continue to resist what many of us would consider a demonic agenda and agendas that are driven by those who do not have your best interests in mind nor your children. Uh, I do want to say uh, thank you for those who have written recently. Before we get into some actual audio clips I'm going to play in just a minute, from the recent National Education Association conference where the president, uh, Becky Pringle, uh, said some unbelievable things that you have not heard anywhere else probably because this was just last month. But I want to say uh, we appreciate Nina who um, sent in a note and a, and a check, a donation here. She said great interviews uh, recently with uh, Pastor Kevin Minsky, um, Justin Peters, Doreen Virtue, Ray Comfort, Andy Woods back. By the way, that was a replay of an Andy Woods podcast. He's going to be our guest tomorrow. And I also want to read something briefly. This is a, an email from a local family, and I'm going to withhold their names. Hi, David. Thank you so much for standing for the truth. We appreciate your podcast articles and your strong stance on our public schools. That's desperately needed. One of the biggest reasons I hear from Christian parents with kids in public schools is that they could never take on the responsibility of educating their kids. I get that. I was scared to homeschool. But here I am to testify that if we can do it, anyone can do it. And Stop right there. We had Sam Sorbo on, um, and she said she graduated from Duke University, and she said she didn't think, at that time, she didn't think she was capable of educating her own kids. She graduated from Duke. I mean, she's an, an incredibly intelligent and educated woman, and her and Kevin Sorbo. And so they, we all understand that a lot of parents don't feel equipped or adequate, adequate, but who is best qualified to teach your own children, especially if you are believers in Christ and the biblical worldview? So let me continue on this letter briefly. Plus, these days, all you have to do is read a book to your kid, and they would learn more than a day spent at the public school. If there's one good thing about the condition of our public schools, it's that the pressure is off. You can't possibly do any worse at home. So what she's saying is the public schools are setting a pretty low bar, unfortunately. But we'll get to that. Even many of our daughter's public school teachers told us that she would be better off homeschooled. We will be doing, we'll be going into our third year of homeschooling in the fall. I'm a grandma teaching our granddaughter and daughter, and um, there was no easing into homeschooling. Two years ago, she was entering middle school age, but age wise, but with academic abilities at the high school level. I have no formal post high school education, but I do have the Holy Spirit living in me and the Bible as my guide. God clearly told us. Uh, to take this leap of faith and led us this way, and he's been faithful to meet our needs. I'm exci- I, um, Our young granddaughter is excited about learning and loves homeschool. I just wanted to let you know, and we keep you guys in prayer. So we're, we get these letters on occasion. Thank you guys so much. Um, now I want to read a letter from Alliance Defending Freedom, and we'll get into some audio clips from the NEA president and what you heard or what we heard that's actually astounding and I'll just let the words speak for themselves. But uh, Michael Ferris at Alliance Defending Freedom says, it's almost impossible to believe what is happening in public schools nationwide, how CRT-based policies actually push officials to engage in racism. CRT claims that America was founded on racism. And by the way, we just did a podcast on that on Friday, if you'd like more information 
on critical race theory. Children subject to policies rooted in CRT are taught to view anyone and everyone through the lens of race, including their classmates. At the same time, schools are misleading parents about their, what their children are being taught, especially about their bodies, and school districts across the country are actively teaching children as the opposite sex, I'm sorry, actively treating children as the opposite sex, forcing teachers to call the confused students by whatever name or pronouns the children desire and hiding it from parents. Full stop. It's happening, friends. Stop denying it. It's happening. It might not be at your school, but it probably is. I think you may be uh, a little naive or maybe just you're an optimist. I don't know. But don't be naive or ignorant about what's truly going on. Now, let's talk about what this president of the NEA said, and we're going to refute these points after we hear the clips. Clip one. You know, we've known since 2016, since that fateful election, that this day would come, that we would feel the effects of a radicalized Supreme Court issuing decisions that do not reflect the views or the values of America. We knew that the ground had shifted and the stage had been set to move us further away from the promise of America for all Americans, from decisions on school prayer that attack religious freedom to vouchers that threaten the right to a universal public education to the long-term devastating impact of the Supreme Court's decision to hijack the fundamental freedom to decide for ourselves when and how to have a family and the care that we need. She's talking about abortion, population control, killing unborn children in mothers' wombs. But let's go back to her words. What are the values of America? What are the views and values of America? She just assumed that American citizens and parents are left-leaning Democrat socialists or believe in Marxism. I'm going to prove that. Let's talk about her statements. This is just in the first clip here, guys. Let's talk about the fateful election of 2016. Why did she call it that? Because their queen, Hillary, lost, and that's who the NEA endorsed. You have to understand, the NEA is a political organization. I'll say it again. The National Education Association is a hyper-political organization. And the title of today's podcast, by the way, is Progressive Public School Politics and Perversion. We'll get to the perversion. As you've, we've heard, we've talked a lot about what's going on in schools and parents finally, some parents, a minority, finally resisting and pushing back. But what does she mean by the, the fateful election? Well, Hillary lost. Who won? Donald Trump won. What she, what did she say? Trump radicalized the Supreme Court. How did he do that? He appointed three justices, three new justices, and thank God that Roe v. Wade was overturned. It never would have happened if those three justices would not have been appointed. Um, the NEA endorsed Hillary Clinton. You have to understand that since the 1970s, Jimmy Carter, starting with Jimmy Carter, I mean, they did not support Ronald Reagan, but the teachers' unions are public school, government-run teachers' unions in America have endorsed every single Democratic candidate for president of the United States for decades and decades. Understand that. The NEA is a political organization, period. Get that down, friends. Get that down. Now, they endorse Democratic candidates. Why? It's a worldview issue. We're Christians. We look at the Bible. That's the lens that we look through and see government, see politics, see education, see corporations, see Hollywood, see because of our view, we understand what's going on, right? So how about against school choice? Where did that come from? They don't even want to allow kids to choose where to go to school. If they can go to a better school, if they can go to a private school, if they can go to a Christian school, this is pretty amazing. I thought they were pro-choice. Well, not when it comes to schools, not when it comes to teaching 
intelligent design or the they call it a theory. We know it's truth, but the theory of creation, they won't even teach that as a possibility. In the public schools, you kicked God out, everything that goes with God, the Bible, Ten Commandments, prayer, that's gone. It leaves a, it left a pretty big void to fill in the 1960s. We're going to talk about John Dewey and humanism and socialism, how it influenced public education, how the, the, the ground was prepared leading up to those decisions in the 1960s. Next, what did Betty Pringle, the NEA president, say? The, the, her, her comments were pro-abortion. She got a standing ovation from teachers many times throughout this speech. So that was one of the takeaways I will share with you, having watched most of it. I almost threw up several times, but I watched most of it. And to see teachers, the delegates from every state around the country in this convention, applauding. These are the teachers state by state that are indoctrinating your children. I was going to say teach or educate. They don't educate in the traditional sense of education. Now, when we started talking about this on Friday, uh, Crash was looking at how many people were listening online to this podcast because he can see he doesn't know where you live, so don't <laughs> be worried about it. <laughs> we're not big brother here. But he can see generally how many people are listening online, streaming at q90fm.com, listening to the Stand Up for the Truth podcast. Uh, several of them just dropped out immediately when I said this, the education system in America is beyond reform, or however I worded it. You cannot reform a system that is demonically driven at this point. And, and I'll stand by my words. We'll continue if you want the facts, if you want to hear quotes from her own words. But understand, the NEA, the teachers' unions, the government-run system is a political organization. That's point one. I hope you get that. Because she just said it in her own words. What she was for, what she was against, and got a standing ovation from teachers across the country. Now, I've also got a, a picture here of... Becky Pringle, the NEA president, standing with Kamala Harris. And Kamala Harris actually spoke at the NEA convention. Wait a minute. I thought that was supposed to be bipartisan, right? Um, I'm sorry. I'm not saying. Now, I have to always seem to say this, that I come from a family of educators. My dad and mom were in education for 30-plus years, 30 years in education in the 60s and 70s, and um, my sister's. I have a cousin who was a teacher, friends who was a teacher. But one friend had to leave, had to resign or chose to because they asked um, her to remove a Bible from her desk. Another friend had been asked to remove a picture of Ronald Reagan from his classroom on the wall. Uh, These are things that, I mean, you're, you're seeing these rainbow posters, gay pride posters, plastered throughout hallways and classrooms across America, why would we be surprised that they have to remove anything Christian or conservative? So they they did that. It was by design. But here's uh, U.S. Vice President Kamala Harris waving to the crowd here with Becky Pringle, president of the NEA, at their 2022 meeting in Chicago a month ago. Now, they are interconnected. You might as well say the Democrat run. I always say the one-party big tech media conglomerate in America. You might as well say the one-party Democrat-run public education system in America. You might as well say that. You can go from the top down, friends, from the mothership of the NEA, the U.S. Department of Education, from school districts across the country, from governors who are not all governors, of course, are you know Democrats. We know that, but uh, they're not affecting what happens in the public schools. But anyway, let's let's move on. Let's get the next clip before we run out of time in this. Go ahead, Crash. As we have for decades, we will fight tirelessly for the right to choose. We will never stop. We will fight unceasingly for the rights of our LGBTQ plus students and educators. We will say gay, we will say trans, we will use the words that validate our students and their families, words that encourage them to walk in their authenticity, to love themselves fully, to become who they are meant to be.
So we noticed we, we let the applause ring out because those are teachers across the country, Democrats and socialists and Marxists, and those who are applauding, standing up for that. What did she just say? What did she just say? We will fight for abortion as we have for decades for killing innocent children in their mother's wombs, taking life, population control, whatever you want to call it. Uh, it's not choice, right? Because the baby doesn't have a choice. But we, yet we know it's a human being in a mother's womb. So they're going to fight for choice, and you get a standing O from the teachers when she said, we will say gay, we will say trans, we will use words that validate our students and their families to walk in their authenticity, to become who they are meant to be. Let's translate that. To reject God and the truth, and not how God created them, but who they are meant to be in this modern society where moral relativism rules and truth has been rejected and they can decide whatever sex or gender they want to be, right? That's what they're fighting for. And friends, that's what the National Education Association president just shouted from the bully pulpit of the NEA and teachers from around the country gave her a standing ovation. Stop being neutral on this issue. Stop it. I know most of this audience, uh, you're, you're saying yes, amen to, to what we're sharing here, what we're, our commentary on these agendas. I know most of you are. But there are still some people, and you have friends and you have family members that would call themselves Christians and support this, continue to, I mean, our tax dollars. I didn't get a, cho- a choice, right? We didn't get a choice if we're Christians, if we're conservatives, if we're Republicans. We don't get a choice that our tax dollars go to fund the NEA Critical race theory, abortion, Planned Parenthood, the tax, they're scratching each other's back. And every Democrat candidate who runs that is pro-abortion gets helped and endorsed and funded in part by the NEA. So it's this vicious circle and cycle. Our tax dollars are part of that. We don't get a say. We don't get a choice. They aren't pro-choice. But they've hijacked that language, haven't they? All right, so Linda Harvey at Mission America responded, when uh, Becky Pringle said, we will say gay, trans, we will use the word to validate our students and families, encouraging them to walk in their authenticity, not who God made them, but their authenticity, nice words they use, except for one problem, homosexuality and gender deviance are never authentic for any child. It is a perversion. It is evil being called good, Isaiah 5.20. Romans 1 is a very familiar Passage of Scripture, the end, second half of Romans 1. So these things are not authentic, nor are they who he or she are meant to be. We all have a purpose in God. You were created, whether you believe in God or not, you were created in the image of God. Every human being has value and has rights. Why? Because our rights come from God and not from government. Even if you're not a believer, you have rights from God. God gives us rights. We are created in his image, in the image of the one true God. <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> Crash just handed me a note. A couple of people just, just, just dropped off when I said, stop it. Stop being naive. See, some people don't like, they, they don't like the truth, right? As Paul wrote in Galatians, have I now become your enemy by telling you the truth? Well, yes. Now we, we've lost a couple stand up for the truth listeners. You know, go back to K-Love. Um, that's just, that's fine with us, guys. We are not going to stop speaking the truth about things that matter. We are not going to stop standing up for the Bible, for Jesus and his words and the biblical worldview. And what I've, what God has really putting on my heart recently is the inerrancy of scripture. We've got this battle to fight for inerrancy. Okay. When we come back, you're going to hear another quote in her own words, the president of the NEA. I'm not going to ask your forgiveness for me being passionate about this, guys. We're going to be censored eventually and, you know, whatever happens down the road. We've got to raise awareness. More when we come back on Stand Up For The Truth. Your monthly financial support of StandUpForTheTruth.com is needed and appreciated. 
Now, back to today's Stand Up For The Truth with David Fiorazzo. So we played some clips and audio. We have another one coming up in a few minutes of NEA President Becky Pringle. And I want to go back to just three minutes into her presentation. Do you know who she pointed out as a role model and emulated and got applause from teachers across the country? The NEA president pointed to a radical Marxist, Angela Davis. Who's that? And why bring it up three minutes into your presentation to teachers from across the country last month at the NEA convention? Davis is an American political activist, philosopher, scholar, and author. She's a professor at the University of California, Santa Cruz. She's a feminist and a Marxist. You can look this up. She was a longtime member, I mean for decades, member of the Communist Party USA and a founding member of the Committees of Correspondence for Democracy and Socialism, Angela Davis. Don't take my word for it. Here's what she said to students. You know, she gets invited to speak at graduations. She goes into, in this case, it was a prep school. She calls on students to dismantle capitalism. She says, in, the, in another case, she told kindergartners, the fall of capitalism will achieve progressive values. Remember when Becky Pringle, the NEA president, talked about the values. What did she say? The values of America. Yeah, the values and views of Americans. Well, you're, it's not all Americans. Not many people that I know want this to be a communist nation or, or approve of Marxism or socialism. But this is what they're pushing, and this is who they emulate. So Angela Davis pointed to, again, three minutes into the speech to NEA convention teachers from across the country. She is against capitalism, wants it to be dismantled. And she is a militant black power activist. Um, She said, ultimately, I'm quoting her, ultimately, I think we're going to have to dismantle capitalism if we really want to move in a progressive direction. Angela Davis said that. And a prep school rep who brought in Angela Davis to speak to the kids, to the, to the students, uh, told the Washington Free Beacon that, quote, we viewed this as a teachable moment for students interested in activism, which is a core to being in our community. Stop. What's she saying? Already we know, look at the Black Lives Matter Global Network Foundation Marxist-driven riots and, and vandalism that happened starting in 2020 and where students were joining in with Antifa and BLM. Notice how many students were trained somehow. Somehow these young teenagers and kids in their 20s learned how to be social justice activists. Somehow they learned how to go out and protest For the right causes. Now, right, I use the word right as far as what they consider right. How did that happen? Well, I'm giving you an example right here. The NEA president is talking to teachers on what they should be about, who they should support. And now Angela Davis, who the NEA lifts up as a as a role model. She spent 18 months in jail, faced felony charges. And there was what was it? There was there was an attack. Um, Davis was on the FBI's most wanted list for her involvement in an attempted courtroom takeover in 1970. Uh, guns that she purchased <laughs> were used in a plot to free murder suspects from the Marion County Civic Center in California, left four people dead. <laughs> so listen to this. Why am I talking about Angela Davis? Again, because the NEA president just last month pointed to her as someone to to emulate and to look up to as a role model for activism just last month. So Davis went on to receive the Soviet Union's International Lenin Peace Prize in 1979, and she praised glorious dictator Vladimir Lenin and his great Bolshevik revolution, by the way which ushered in a century of communism and left an estimated 100 million people dead. 
Angela Davis, elevated by the National Education Association, received the Soviet Union's International Lenin Peace Prize. And Davis went on speaking about the Black, Li- the Black Lives Matter movement, how to become involved and engaged in, in this movement across the country. She urged students to develop globalism and international focus and a struggle against the notion that the United States is the best country in the world. You can't say America is exceptional. You can't say we're a great nation. You, you've got to, you know, we've got to be cut down and dismantled and they've got to destroy capitalism in the system. So, she also said, I'm aware of the connections of struggles against climate change for environmental justice. Whenever you put a word in front of justice, chances are the person using it is not promoting true justice, let alone God's justice. We've heard of environmental justice a lot. We've heard of other things. So our struggle against racism, heteropatriarchy, and capitalist exploitation. So... Back to the speech from the National Education Association President, Becky Pringle. Let's play Cut 3 Crash. And just as we did in the presidential election of 2020, we will make sure you know who we are. If you stand against our students, we will stand against you. If you vote against our educators, we will vote against you this November. If you get in the way of our progress toward a more just nation, we will get in the way of your election. Wow, we better not vote Republican or Independent or for Constitutionalists. We better vote for the far-left Democrat socialists, Marxists, and those who want to push the LGBTQ agenda and abortion on demand and fund Planned Parenthood and push critical race theory in the schools and continue to just take the, the government indoctrination centers even further left. You better not vote for Republicans, friends, if you value, if you... Well, she, that was a threat, wasn't it? If you stand against our students, we will stand against you. What does that mean? What does that mean? The teachers' unions and the teachers across the country will stand against you. Against parents? Do you know that parents have not had a lot of say in some of the things that are being taught in the last decade or two? The hypersexuality, the transgenderism, the, the critical race theory and other things. Some parents are going to school board meetings now. <laughs> Jeez. It's a little too late, my friends, but I'm thankful, I'm thankful for every parent that speaks up. I'm thankful for every parent that, that wants to protect their children. But, and thank you for going to school board meetings. That's where it starts. At least you can make a headline. At least you can get, get a headline and get more people behind you understanding we need to resist this agenda. But if you think you're going to change the underlying demonic agenda and the 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 direction of the National Education Association or the curriculum in America and the public school textbooks that have been rewritten and hyper-sexualized and, and progressivized and anyway. But thank you. Thank you for everyone who's now trying to stand up. But guys, I don't, I don't know. I'm thinking it's a little too late. I'm thinking we better we better get our kids out of there. Um I know some of you are going, well, well my, my kid's a junior in high school. He or she only has two more years. Well, you better spend as much time as possible with your son or daughter, please. Please. Because you have, all right, maybe they come home and they communicate with you. That's like 5% of kids. <laughs> they, they tell you everything that they're being taught. But also remember, if they're a Christian, also remember their peers, their friends, that come from these other families that go absolutely against the biblical worldview and would n- and have all this whatever on their iPhones and everything that God would not approve of, this is what your son or daughter is being influenced by just through her friends and peer or his friends or his peers. But let's go back to what Becky Pringle said at the beginning of that last audio clip 
again, friends were talking politics in the public schools. Why? Because it is a progressive system, and they are Democrat-driven, obviously, and they discriminate. Yes, they do discriminate. That sounded like a bully pulpit to me, but yet they would consider someone who holds to a biblical worldview and wants to stand up for the truth of creation, of male and female, of marriage, of family, life in the womb, they would say that that's wrong and that's you're being a bully if you don't approve of my sexuality or my views on abortion. You are, you are anti-choice, right? Well, let's get back to the political. What did she say? She said, listen now, just as we did. Now, who's we? We are the teachers' unions and the teachers of America. I'm not saying every teacher is a Democrat. I'm not saying every teacher is a Marxist or approves of Marxism and communism. But look at what what she just, I mean, to the fact that they spent time in the three minutes into her speech talking about Angela Davis, former member of the Communist Party USA who wants to dismantle capitalism. And anyway, these are anti-Christian values, guys. These go against the biblical worldview. We've just allowed it for decades, but I've got to move on. She said, just as we did in the presidential election of 2020, wait a minute, wait a minute, wait a minute, what did, what did they do? What did they do? They got out the vote. They were open about their support of Hillary Clinton. In the classroom, they were telling young children to support Hillary. They were telling kids, wait a minute, you say, isn't our education system supposed to be bipartisan or, or not even partisan, not political at all? Um, uh, technically, yes, but practically, you know it's not. You know it is actually a political organization. It's a political and social organization. So she said, just as we did in the presidential election of 2020, we will make sure you know who we are. All right, stop right there. Who's you? We will make sure you. That would be anyone who is not a teacher who is not a Democrat in the system, that would mean the opposition will make sure you know who we are. They're going to make sure we know who they are and what what they stand for. They're going to make sure. In her own words, they did that in the election of 2020. Just as we are, or just as we did in the presidential election of 2020, we'll make sure you know who we are. Who's we? Who's we? You can answer that. Go ahead. Answer out loud. <laughs> Go ahead. Answer. Who's we? Who we are. The Democrat socialists and the Marxists, they own the teachers unions. Okay? They promote Marxism, and maybe they, they might veil it in something else. And, again, we did a podcast Friday on critical race theory in the public schools. So, but it, she ended that audio clip what we just played. And by the way, there's so much more we could talk about. But what does she mean by if you stand against our students, we will stand against you? Yes, that does sound like a threat. If parents come in and go against a student who wants to use a certain pronoun, they're going to stand against you, parent. And we've seen that. There are court cases now as we speak. Moms or dads that, that, that they weren't notified when their son or daughter was talked into or encouraged to use a different pronoun because they wanted to be a different gender, right? They wanted to go jump on the trans locomotive, and the parents didn't find out. Now, not every teacher is doing this, by the way. I mean, this is obvious. Not every teacher. And we are not condemning teachers. We're just laying down some history. But I have to move on before we take our next break. I want to mention in 19, uh, when was this? I think it was 95. I want to quote, first of all, the, the NEA is the largest labor union in the United States, representing public school teachers, faculty, and staff, over 3 million members. They're headquartered in Washington, D.C., and they are a political organization, thousands of affiliates across the country. Um, let's see. They have, yeah, I already mentioned who they endorsed. I want to quote for you the 
one, one of the representatives that spoke at an NEA convention that this was actually actually shocking. His name is Bob Channon. Um, this was an NEA convention in San Diego. Uh, let's see. He gave a fiery speech, and this is still, I believe, available on YouTube, in which his primary focus was money, power, and control. Money, power, and control. By the way, let's talk about who benefits from NEA funding, the teachers' unions. Who benefits? Americans United for the Separation of Church and State, Gay and Lesbian Alliance Against Defamation, Democrat Leadership Council, Sierra Club, Jesse Jackson's Rainbow Push Coalition, Media Matters for America, Center for American Progress, National Council of La Raza, Amnesty International, Women's Voices, Women's Vote, NAACP, Congressional Black Caucus Foundation, American Rights at Work, Ballot Initiative Strategy Center, Gay, Lesbian, and Straight Education Network, Planned Parenthood, and many others benefit from NEA funding. So now let's quote him. He said he's talking about what he calls a liberal social and economic agenda. And he said, what are these conservative right-wingers picking on NEA and its affiliates about? In other words, if you protest what they stand for and their worldview, they're, they're saying you're picking on them. This powerful. Did, didn't we just mention that it's the... Uh, it's just a mega powerful teachers union. Now, what he, here's what he said. That brings me to my final most important point. You ready? At the NEA convention, he said, NEA and its affiliates are such effective advocates, despite what some among us, teachers and educators, would like to believe. Listen to what he said. It's not because of our creative ideas. It's not because of the merit our, of our positions. It is not because we care about children. It is not because we have a vision of a great public school for every child. Here it is. NEA and its affiliates are effective advocates because we have power. And there are over 3 million people who are willing to pay us hundreds of millions of dollars in dues each year. End quote. The NEA has been gradually implementing an anti-Christian agenda for many decades starting with the youngest children they can access. And you know this is true. And we've got to take another break and come back and talk a little bit more. We've got to talk a little bit about John Dewey. And then a brand new article on studies showing the catastrophic effects on children that teachers' union-driven school closures had in the last couple of years. Studies have now come out. They're not good. But I also want to mention the Gallup poll that we didn't get to on Friday the belief in the inerrancy of Scripture rapidly on decline. We'll try to squeeze that in coming up next on Stand Up For The Truth. Thank you for listening and sharing today's show via StandUpForTheTruth.com slash podcast. Now, back to Stand Up For The Truth. Here's David Fiorazzo. So I just want to make sure you know that was uh, not, those weren't my words. That was in the words that I was quoting Bob Channon uh, from the NEA. He retired in 2009 when he gave that speech that I quoted, where he just said he admitted, he really admitted his his focus was money, power, and political control. And he said, it's not because we care about children. We're effective advocates because we have power. So that was, you can look it up if it's still on YouTube. That's I remember I wrote about that in my very first book, by the way. Um, that was a 2009 speech in San Diego, California at the annual NEA convention that took place. And that was the final day for where Bob Channon gave his uh, goodbye pep talk. Um, so I want to quote now. We're doing it in their own words today. Um, John Dunphy, a humanist. And, by the way, John Dewey is a socialist and humanist as well, and we're going to quote him as well, important in the context of education. So here's what John Dunphy wrote in an essay in The Humanist Magazine, 1983. It was called A Religion for a New Age. Listen to this, guys. What are they, what are they talking? What is a religion? Here's what he said. I hope you're sitting down. If you're driving, pull over. No, I'm kidding. 
He said the battle for mankind's future must be waged and won in the public school classroom by teachers who correctly perceive their role as proselytizers of a new faith. The classroom must and will become an arena of conflict between the old and the new. Pause. What is this conflict? What is the old and the new? Well, we know it's spiritual warfare, guys. We know this is you know, demonic spirits against others, good uh, Holy Spirit and the Spirit of Christ and the Spirit of Antichrist. We understand this as a spiritual battle. But what did he mean? First of all, the battle for mankind's future must be waged and won in the public school classroom by teachers. And he said the classroom must be an arena of conflict between the old and the new. He's going to tell us what the old and the new is. The rotting corpse of Christianity together with all its adjacent evils and misery. That's the old. And the new, what's the new? The faith of humanism. The faith of humanism. So if this doesn't send chills down your spine and make you understand that this this battle goes beyond our local government-run school, it is a spiritual war and there's a war on truth, right? So now let's let's look at John Dewey briefly. Um, Dewey was he, he once plotted a long-range, comprehensive strategy that would reorganize primary education to serve the needs of socialism and socializing the kids. And he, just like Antonio Gramsci, the Italian Marxist, he had this same mentality. John Dewey did. He said, "Change must come gradually." To force it unduly would compromise its final success by favoring a violent reaction. What did he mean? If you do it gradually and subtly, they won't even know what hit them decades and decades down the road in the next generation. Americans won't even know what hit them if we do this right, do it gradually. Because he said, otherwise, those who truly cared about educating children would become angry and resist. Resist what? Resist socialism, humanism, Marxism, hypersexuality, socializing the kids instead of teaching them how to think. John Dewey also once said, there is no God and there is no soul. Hence, there are no needs for the props of traditional religion. This, he's a longtime member of the American Federation of Teachers and um, also known as a progressive philosopher, John Dewey. He taught at Columbia University, University, University of Michigan and Chicago University. And let's contrast with what he said, with what Noah Webster, uh, who is truly the father of American Christian education. What did Noah Webster say? The Christian religion is the most important and one of the first things in which all children under a free government ought to be instructed. That's Noah Webster. Well, let's move on here. Um, let's see. By the way, Karl Marx once said the first battlefield is the rewriting of history. And while John Dewey was teaching at Columbia University um, in 1935, he came up with his own list of the 25 most influential books. And number one, you know what number one on John Dewey's list was? Das Capital by Karl Marx. So he considered Marxism pretty important, didn't he? And pretty influential. Number two was an 1887 novel by Edward Bellamy called Looking Backward. Bellamy was a socialist. He predicted a um, socialist utopia in America where greed and material, materialism ceased to exist, where harmony prevailed, where an all-powerful government and bureaucracy were efficient and fair. How naive is that, right? Not knowing the heart of man and the wickedness of mankind. Um, anyway, Bellamy saw America becoming a socialist country by way of consensus rather than by revolution. And you know what? That has almost come true where we have a majority of, of young people uh, under 35 that now support socialism. I think it's close to around 60-some percent 
of young people because they haven't been educated on the true horrors of socialism, have they, of worldwide, worldwide socialism. So I could go on, but I don't want to belabor the point. But we understand. One more quote uh, from John Dewey. Um, he said, let's see. There's so many, so many, where, where to start? Um, actually, we've already started. We're well into this. But you know what? I, I think I've said enough to, I, let's just move on because I want to give you guys a little bit of encouragement on how we move forward here. Okay, I do want to share this quote. John Dewey said, you can't make socialists out of individuals, out of individualists. Now, he's talking about the public school. Remember what, what Dumphy and, and others talked about? Teachers, they got to wage the war. It's taking place in the classroom for humanism and secularism and, and socialism. John Dewey said, Children who know how to think for themselves spoil the harmony of collective society. All right, now let's briefly move on. I think we, I mean, we could do a whole week of podcasts on this. I've got so much information here, but I, I just wanted to kind of scratch the surface and, and re- mind you and refresh your memories on what has gone on, how we got here, and what is being promoted and proudly declared from not only the, the NEA president, Becky Pringle, just last month, and, but teachers across the country are, are standing up and applauding this. So you know where they stand. Again, not every teacher. We have insiders from different parts of the country. We have insiders, teachers, Christian teachers that are in there. Pray for them because they're so few. And I don't. I understand why there are so few. Um, there's one thing that I brought out that I wanted to share. An insider from uh, Green Bay sends me things, but now we've got an insider from Minnesota who sent me this um, thing from Minnesota. Teachers must demonstrate a Marxist worldview to obtain their teaching license. Uh, the Minnesota Teacher Licensing Board. It's called the Professional Educators Licensing and Standards Board, and the new standards will embed basic Marxist principles and practices such as critical race theory, fluid sexual identity, and gender politics. And guess where that's going to flow into all Minnesota schools, according to this insider. When formally adopted, the new requirements must be met to become or remain licensed to teach in Minnesota. Uh, below are some of the new licensing standards. Help students develop social identities based on their social grouping. Comply with the construct of multiple identity formation, incorporate social and emotional learning, S-E-L. There we go. We talked about this on Friday into all classes, social and emotional learning. Understand systemic trauma, including racism and micro and macro aggression. Be inclusive to reflect a diversity of cultures, and teachers will need to affirm homosexuality, transgenderism, um, I just have to move on. They will teach materials that empower learners to be agents of social change and promote equity. Equity is not equality, friends. Uh, also focusing on implicit bias and systemic racism, including white privilege. Connect students with local and global political activists. That's why they emulated Angela Davis. Three minutes in to the NEA speech by Becky Pringle. Um, so that's our friend, friends from Minnesota. Now, briefly, uh, Democrat uh, union leaders responsible for school lockdowns face few repercussions despite evidence that kids were harmed. We're talking about the catastrophic effects, uh, the lockdowns and the, and the masks and the mandates. And by the way, the NEA president in 2020 and 2021 wanted stricter mandates than the CDC even recommended. Look that up if you don't believe me. The NEA president, so the teachers' union president. Here's just a couple things. We know that the Democrats have faced zero repercussions, but yet 70%, these are new studies and stats, 70% of U.S. public schools have reported an increase in students seeking mental health services since the start of the pandemic. Now, Couple the pandemic and isolation and lockdowns and what they call, quote, virtual learning with the increased promotion and pride uh, in the LGBTQ agenda and getting that out there. But so 70% reported an increase. 
A study published by the conservative think tank Just Facts reported that the mental stressors brought about by school closures will destroy seven times more years of life than lockdowns saved. Uh, If you can take some good news out of this is the fact that um, nearly 1.3 million students have left public schools since the pandemic. Um, I want to mention this real quick. I got this. uh, Now, think about the song I've been working on the railroad. This is in a public school, our face mask song. I'm not making this up. I have it right in front of me, printed out. I will always wear my face mask all day long at school. I will always wear my face mask. It shows that I am cool. Masks help everyone stay healthy, teachers, friends, and family. I will always wear my face mask. It helps us stay germ-free. I will always... How about I will always speak the truth? (laughs) All right. So that's that. Uh, We've got a minute and a half left. And I just, guys, be in prayer for any remaining Christians that are in this system that's pushing, I will say it, demonic agendas. I'm not saying they are all demonic, but look at the agendas that they're pushing, right? Now, briefly, um, There was a Gallup poll that we didn't get to report on last Friday and still don't have time to talk about it today, but basically just 20% of Americans now believe the Bible is the literal Word of God, and that's a 30% decrease since 2011. So it's clear that in all the recent polls we've talked about, um, now we're talking about Americans and their biblical views, and especially in the church, it's clear that poll after poll, Gallup, Pew, Lifeway, Barna Research shows The extent of biblical ignorance and moral decline in America has led to tragic consequences, and this has all been backed up. One takeaway is it's not the church or Christians who are impacting people's worldview and perceptions of the Bible. It's modern culture. And what's the the saying that you've heard many people say? Politics is downstream from culture. Well, we can now unfortunately say that the church and politics are downstream from culture. Culture is now influencing most churches more than the biblical worldview is influencing America. And that's it's almost heartbreaking to say that, um, but I think we have to look at, what does God's word say? Forever, Lord, your word stands in heaven. Jesus said, your word is truth. Psalm 119, 160 says, Every one of your righteous judgments endures forever. Um, we know that he is eternal. We are temporal. And we know that we have a purpose here. And the, the, the work is getting difficult. And it's, the warfare is increasing. But we have the God of the universe on our side. And we have his Holy Spirit in us. And we have the name of Jesus, the name above every name. Take heart, friends. We are here for such a time as this. Raise awareness. Speak the truth. Be bold. Be ready. Right now, uh, I'm going to mention tomorrow, Dr. Andy Woods. We're going to be talking about the seven principles that made America great. Uh Uh-oh, that goes against the public schools. (laughs) America great. Anyway, Andy Woods, Patrick Wood, Julian Appling, John Haller, the rest of this week. God bless you, and as always, keep speaking the truth about things that matter.